It's amazing how powerful words are and how they affect what we think and what we believe. Well, good to have you here at the crossing today. This is going to be a great day today because this will be the day that the Chiefs beat the Patriots. So cheering for them. And then I think there's another game, the Saints and the Rams. But, you know, does anybody care? Okay, okay. We've got a few that are going on there. Well, we are so glad that you're here today. We have, hey, we have one of our core values here at the crossing is to come as you are. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you root, root for a certain football team or not. It's actually a banner that we have had on our building since we opened up this building 13 years ago. That no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, this is a safe place for you to take your next steps. Well, let's go ahead and welcome those who are joining us, our Southeast Campus, our microsites, those who are joining us online. Let's just welcome them. Always glad to have you part of the Crossing family with us. Well, when I was in college, I lived in the dorms for the first year that I was there. And in our dorms, we always had this competition that one floor would always play pranks on the other floor. Well, I had this buddy of mine who was on our floor. He took the pranks to the next level. Because he was a licensed electrician, and so what he decided to do is to rewire one of the floors that was in our dorm. So when they all went out to class, he went up there and he started crossing all of the wires. So when they came back, they would turn on their light, but it would actually turn on the light of the room next door to them. Or it would turn it on two doors down. And guys couldn't figure out why their lights wouldn't work. And then all of a sudden, their lights would just go on and off and on and off and on and off. Because somebody two doors down couldn't get their light to work. That he had totally crossed all of the wires in all of the rooms. Well, this right here is what happens to us. That we get the wires in our brain crossed. That we look back on our bad decisions and they don't even make sense to us. Somebody goes, what were you thinking? Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Here's where some of you are. You know that you're making bad decisions, but you think that you can manage the outcomes of those bad decisions. Well, we're in week three of a series that we are calling Rewired. And in this series, we are talking about when you change your mind you change your life. That when you change your thinking, you change the direction of your life. And we've been looking at this foundational principle, which is this right here, is that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That whatever your strongest thought is in your life, that's where you're going to start moving. That's where you're going to start gravitating towards. And we've had a theme verse that's come out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And here's what the Apostle Paul writes to us. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So we have different weapons that we fight with, these things that are going on against us. On the contrary, these weapons that we have, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about how you demolish these strongholds in your life, that you have the divine power to do that. See, this isn't about trying a little bit harder. This isn't about just being more disciplined. This isn't about just doing this all on your own. If you could just get your act together, if you are a follower of Jesus, 
You have the divine power. You have the power of God living in you to demolish strongholds. He goes on and he says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is what we're talking about today. It is taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. This word right here, to take captive, it literally means to conquer. It means that you steal back every thought. So you think of you're going into enemy territory and you are going to steal it back and take it captive and you are going to take control of it again and you will make it obedient. You make it obedient to Christ. You bring every thought under his submission. For a minute, I want you to think about what you think about. Over the last few days, what is it that you've been thinking about? And so I'm going to give you a little quiz, a little thought audit, if you will, and I'm going to present two extremes to you, and I want you to think about what it is that you've thought about. Here, here's this first one right here. It is worried thoughts versus peaceful thoughts. If you were to kind of measure where you are, where would you find yourself on this continuum? Are you somebody who worries all the time? That you worry about what people think of you? That you worry about your kids? You worry about your job? You worry about your future? You worry about your health? You worry about your money? You're worried about how long I'm going to preach today. <laughs> that you're worried about different things or is your life characterized, are your thoughts characterized by peace? That you have a mind at peace. That you can rest at night because you are not overcome by anxiety. So are you occupied with worry or peace? Here's the second one. A negative mindset or a positive mindset? Where would you put yourself? Are you kind of that negative mindset that your default is you always go to the negative? You find fault in people. You are discontented. You just feel like life is so hard and so difficult that you're negative or are you positive? That you begin to see the goodness of God. God is for me. God is working in me. I see good things. You see the best in people. Do you have a negative mindset or a positive mindset? And then here's the last one. Do you have a worldly mindset or a godly mindset? A worldly mindset is, is where your mindset is always thinking about worldly things. I mean, it's, you can make a sexual innuendo out of anything. Somebody says something and you just come back with some innuendo and it's just there. Or you feel discontented all the time that you just have this worldly mindset. It is all about you. Or do you have this godly mindset? Well, your mind is, is thinking about the things of God. How do I honor God with my life? How do I become a blessing to people? See, here's what we're learning about the brain is that experts are telling us, and what they're finding out, is the brain is not static. It used to be thought, we'll talk about this more next week, it used to be thought that once you reached a certain age, your brain was static. That's not true. What they're finding today is that your brain grows and evolves. And every time you think a thought, it becomes easier 
to think that thought again. Well, that's good news if you think good thoughts. That's bad news if you are consumed with negative thoughts all the time. So how do you take captive every thought and steal it back? How do you begin to to take it captive and to renew your mind? Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're just going to look at one verse today. And we're going to dive deep into this verse. We're just going to talk about this idea right here. But the Apostle Paul, he writes the book of Philippians. He writes this letter. It's actually not a book. It's a letter. that He writes it from a Roman prison. He is under guard in prison. And he's writing it to the believers who live in a city called Philippi. This is a city that's in the country of Greece. And he ends this letter with encouragement. And even though he is sitting in a Roman prison, he doesn't say, you know, I'm so discouraged, please pray for me. He doesn't say, you know, I'm hurting, my life is so bad. Yeah, I never thought this would happen to me. Where is God? He doesn't say that. He begins to give them one last thought. He says, I just want to give you one last thought, one piece of encouragement. Here's what he says. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The Apostle Paul says when it comes to our thoughts, this becomes the filter. That you think about this filter you have, that this becomes the filter for all of your thoughts. That when you're thinking, what are the thoughts that I want to have? What are these good thoughts? This is the filter. Is it true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent and praiseworthy? Then this is what you think about. This is what you begin to do. Well, there's this place in California that Darla and I like to go on to, to vacation. And there's a sidewalk right outside the resort, but nobody uses this portion of the sidewalk. Everybody cuts through the grass. They have this shortcut through the grass, and there's a path that's been worn there, and nothing grows in that spot. Well, this is literally what happens in your brain. Your brain creates what is called a neural pathway, a neural pathway. Now, some of you are going to learn something here today. You're going to go, wow, I had no idea about this. So we're going to go deep here for a second, but your brain, it creates a path. It is like this shortcut in the grass. And the more you think that thought, the easier it becomes to think that thought again. And if you think a thought enough, it becomes the default thought of your brain. This is the neural pathway. That's what that is. And in order to change your thinking, you have to change the path that your thoughts travel on. See, if it's, if it's always negative thoughts, then it's saying, I'm going to choose a different pathway. I'm creating a new pathway. And I begin to think thoughts that honor God. And when you choose to stay off of this unhealthy pathway, what begins to happen is the grass starts to grow back. And it becomes harder to go on that path again. And so then you create this new pathway 
This God-honoring pathway, this pathway that has these new thoughts, and suddenly God's truth becomes the default in your life instead of those old thoughts. When we let God's word renew our mind, his truth, we are creating these new pathways. See, that's why, that's why being in God's word is so essential. This is why I tell you, you need to have a reading plan to read God's word. Because that is how we create these new pathways. Let me show you the way this, this verse is in Philippians in the New King James Version. It says, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Now, when I use that word or when I use the word meditation, there's probably images that come to your mind. You probably have a, a certain image when I say, okay, we need to do some meditation. Well, Eastern meditation is about emptying your mind. That's what Eastern meditation is. Eastern meditation is all about emptying your mind, emptying those thoughts. But Christian meditation is about filling your mind with God's truth. Christian meditation is about fixing your minds on God. See, King David wrote about this. He wrote about this in the Psalms. And here's what he says in Psalm 119. He says, I meditate on your precepts. These precepts, these things, God, that you've created for me, and I consider your ways. Now look what he says. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Because it is God's word that begins to change the pathway. That we change the pathway, that we meditate on those. Later on he says, oh, how I love your law. Now when he says law, that sounds negative to us, but he's just talking about God's word. The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it is called the law. It's called the law. So he's just saying, oh, how I love your word, God. How I love your word, I meditate on it all day long. He's meditating on God's word. He's memorizing it. He's putting it into his mind. And then in Psalm 143, he says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all of your works because God is good. That we look back at his faithfulness and I consider what your hands have done. That we look back on how God has been so faithful. Why does this matter? Why does this matter? Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. See, what, what comes into your mind is going to come out of your life. That you cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. Your thoughts matter. Your thoughts are shaping you. And if you cannot control what you think, then you'll never be able to control what you do. This is, this is why so often we make these irrational, unwise, ungodly decisions. It's not because we want to do those things. There's not a, a person here that wants to do those things. It's because somewhere the wires got crossed, and we've got to rewire them. So you take your thoughts captive. You have to begin to write a different story. You have to begin to seek truth that shapes your thoughts. Well, this weekend is the weekend that we celebrate the life and the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. It was in 1960 that Martin Luther moved his family to Atlanta 
And he became the co-pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church with his father. And it was during this period of time that it really influenced his thinking. It shaped his thinking. He traveled around the country and he started talking about how to protest injustices without violence. Well, a couple years later, he's in Birmingham. And his nonviolent approach is met with violence. Birmingham was one of the most racially divided cities in the United States. And he had organized a march in Birmingham. And in the midst of this march, he was arrested and he was thrown into solitary confinement. He was denied access to his lawyers and he was denied access to his wife coming in and seeing him. He was denied access until President Kennedy intervened and allowed his attorneys to come in and see him. But it was here that he wrote a famous letter. It's called the, the Letter from Birmingham on how justice, on how social justice doesn't happen through violence. It happens through changing the thinking of people. It'd be a few months later after he got out of prison in Birmingham in 1963 that he would organize another march, and this time in Washington, D.C., and it would culminate with the I have a dream speech. And what Martin Luther King Jr. did was to help change the thinking of a nation. Change the thinking of a nation. If you want to change the direction of your life, it starts with changing your thinking. See, this is the reason why for some of you, church has been so frustrating for you. Because you went to church, maybe you grew up going to church, and they all talked about changing your behavior. That you need to change your behavior so that you're welcome here. It doesn't start there. It starts with changing your thinking. It starts with putting God's truth in there to transform, to renew your mind. So how do we take every thought captive? How do we do this? Two weeks ago, I, I gave you the steps of starting this process. Here's step number one is you have to identify the lie. You have to identify whatever lies that you have told yourself, whatever lies that you begin to believe about yourself, because that affects the direction of your life. It's lies like, I will never be good enough. I can't trust anybody. If I just find the right person, then finally I'll be happy. You have to identify the lie. Here's the second thing is you replace the lie with God's truth. It's not enough to just identify the lie. You can't just leave it there. You replace the lie with God's truth. You have to take God's truth, you have to take that thought captive and replace it. We capture that lie and we replace it with the truth of God's word. Now, you need to write it down. Whatever truth it is that combats that lie you write down that scripture, and you write down the truth. Here's this big idea of today. We're just going to really dive deep into this. This is how you take every thought captive. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. This is how we do this. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. Scientifically speaking, I'm creating new neural pathways. Spiritually speaking, I'm letting God's truth renew my mind. That you are taking captive every thought and you are making it obedient to Christ. 
You are meditating on what is true, on what is noble, on what is right, on what is pure, on what is excellent and praiseworthy. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. A couple weeks ago, I just told the story of the, of the pivotal period in my life that happened 13 years ago. Because there were some lies that I believed that, that when I got up to speak, there were some lies that I had to overcome that I wrestled with. The lies were, is that I'll just never be good enough. When I got up to speak, it's like, you'll just never be good enough. I can't do this anymore. I just, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. And out of that, I implemented some principles that helped me. And I told you that I would share those with you. This is the principle. It's right here. That you write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. I went to a retreat center in Colorado. And the counselor that I was working with, he, he encouraged me to compare God's truth with my lies. And so what I did on a Wednesday afternoon is I went by this, just sat by this raging river for hours, and I took my journal, and I began to write down every scripture I could find about God's love for me, and I wrote it down word for word. In my journal, I have dozens of scriptures that I wrote down just of God's love for me. And then I begin to take that truth and I begin to create new truth. And so I'm just going to share you this share with you this letter that I wrote from God to me. I've never shared this before. I've never even shared this with my wife before. So don't tell her that I'm sharing this with you. But here's what it says. It starts out it says dear Shane Your performance does not determine your worth and your value. I do. I know that this is how you thought for 38 years. I told you it was a while ago. I was younger because I'm 39 now. But (laughs) it is time to renovate your thinking. Find your security and your approval in your relationship with me. When you step up on the stage, remember that you are a product of what I am doing in you. When you feel alone and unloved, remember, we love him because he first loved us. And that does not change. Trust in me, not your own evaluation of yourself. If your life is fully submitted to me, I will use you for my purposes to make an impact. Shane, your greatest act of discipleship to me is to trust in my love for you. You don't have to chase after success. Numbers, recognition, acceptance, approval, value, or worth, you already have it in me. I love you just the way you are. However, I don't want to leave you there, so I am renewing you day by day. Now go and serve me without the yoke of slavery that has burdened you your entire life. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. It was just these new truths that I took a scripture and I wrote a new truth. To this truth, find your security and approval in your relationship with me. The truth that I had came from Zechariah um, chapter 3. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with his singing. And so from that, it is this truth that my security and my approval comes from Jesus. When I... 
I wrote down this. When you step onto the stage, remember that you are a product of what I am doing in you. And I just reminded myself of God's truth that, that I am God's handiwork. And I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for me to do. That your performance does not determine your worth and your value. I just wrote down this scripture. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. That you are creating these new pathways in your mind. You write it. You think it. You speak it until you believe it. It is the power of God's word renewing your mind. So how do you respond to the truth that God has that he wants you to, to dwell in your mind? For some of you, for some of you, you are worried all the time. You are a hostage to your fears. You lie awake wondering and worrying. You need to write it and think it and speak it and until you believe it. Maybe your declaration would say something like this. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. Maybe for you. You're stuck and you don't know what to do. You want to know God's will for your life. Well, maybe your declaration would look something like this. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. Maybe you lack confidence. Maybe the lie you tell yourself is I'm just never good enough. You declare God's truth. Maybe it looks something like this, that my confidence is in Christ, in Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. And when you declare God's truth in your life, you are speaking that truth. And eventually, your mind gets rewired. See, this was, this was a battle for me 13 years ago. And when I get up here today, I just think differently. It's not that I don't care about this. I, I care a lot. I, I put a lot of effort into what I do on this weekend, but I don't carry it all on my shoulders. It's not all about me. It's not about what I do. I've learned it has little to do with what I do. It's God showing up and doing his work, and so I just rest in that. And it changes my entire perspective that I give my best, I give all that I have, and I say, okay, God, it's your job to do the rest. It's your job to do the rest. I don't change people. God changes people. You write it, you think it, you speak it until you believe it. Transformation happens when we renew our minds with God's word and we put that truth in us. And so you need a plan. You need a plan of what this looks like for you. Let me just tell you what I do. For me, I just write, I read a chapter out of the Bible every morning. Uh, this year, I'm just reading a chapter out of the New Testament. Many times, I'll just take my journal and I'll just set it down. And if I read a truth, I just write it in my journal. I just write that scripture in my journal and I begin to speak that truth into me and just begin to take it in. That I write it and I think it. And I speak it until I believe it. I told you this last week, I was 
going to share with you my life verse today. Now, if you're not a follower of Christ, a life verse is what some Christians have that, that just kind of encapsulates the truth that they need for their life. It just encapsulates that this is, this is my verse. Well, this verse for me, this verse has been my life verse since I was a teenager. That I had this verse printed on the front of my Bible. And it has brought encouragement to me my entire life. It's out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's just a reminder that this is God's good work in me. I didn't start this good work. This is God's work that he started in me. And God promises that he will bring it to completion. It takes the the pressure off of me that God has a purpose for me, that God has a plan for me. And this good work that God started, he promises to to bring it to completion. I can be confident in that. And so I can step forward with confidence. The, The Latin word confident comes from two words. This means with faith. With faith. That we step forward with faith, knowing that God has a plan for us and God has a purpose for us. That God wants to do that in your life. Speak truth into you that you are who he says you are. So it's time to create some new pathways. It's time to write some new stories. It's time for you to believe some new truths in your life. Well, I want us to pray together. But maybe for you, maybe it's just confessing whatever that lie is that you've believed and just say, God, I give this to you. God, I'm giving this to you. So I'm going to begin to think new thoughts. God, renew my mind. To say, I pray, maybe it's just you saying, God, renew my mind. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, thank you for the truth that you give us, that we can take captive every thought, every lie that we believe. We can take captive every sinful thought, and we can make it obedient to Jesus. Renew our minds. Give us new pathways that create this new direction in our life. We are yours. We surrender to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here. You have a great week. See you next Sunday.